Office hours. When you're on a college campus, it's the days and times during the week when students can ask their professors for guidance or clarity on an assignment. The truth is, not a lot of students go in to talk to them. When they're not in their offices, many professors are engaging in their research. What are they working on and how does it relate to what's going on in our world? I decided to go in during office hours and find out how their research can help clarify some of the issues taking place in society. My name is Maddie Marks and I'm a junior at Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You are listening to Office Hours. There is a national conversation going on about sexual harassment. Allegations have touched many industries. Several organizations have fired or suspended male executives who have been accused of harassment. Joining me today is Associate Professor of Management, Dr. Cheryl Moranto. Dr. Moranto researches how women are treated in the workplace. I chose to interview Dr. Moranto because as a woman who is about to enter the workforce in less than two years, I am passionate about equality in the workplace for all. We're in a very, very interesting time. Um, You know, sexual harassment has always existed in the workplace. I don't know that it's actually gotten any better or any worse. I think it's just changes in how it's perceived. I try to remember when the Clarence Thomas hearings were, when he was nominated for the Supreme Court, because when uh, Anita Hill came forward, actually she was encouraged to come forward, she really didn't want to, <laughs> but, you know, to talk about how he had harassed her. It was really, I would say, the first time that there it really raised the awareness of the public in general to the issue and how common it is. I think a really huge misconception that was made apparent in the way that was handled and that still is uh, an issue is that people don't understand that it's not about sex or sexual attraction, it's about power. But it's also bound up with the fact that social gender roles carry into the workplace when arguably they shouldn't, but that's the mental model that everybody has in their head, right? And there are personal interactions and there are professional interactions and, you know, we all still struggle in terms of figuring out kind of where to draw the line. A study from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission says that most women have experienced sexual harassment in the workplace. The EEOC is a government agency responsible for processing the sexual harassment complaints that do get reported. In some ways, I'm encouraged that things might change. I mean, I think recognizing and understanding better the nuances is always a good thing. I think we're making progress on that. Frankly, one of my concerns is backlash at this point. In general, because power doesn't like to be challenged. (laughs) And um, men still are the ones in charge in most organizations. Another thing I will say in terms of reporting, because part of the problem, part of the reason we actually don't really know how common it is, is how reluctant women are to report it, whether they choose to stay or whether they choose to leave. If you look at um, sexual har- uh, legal sexual harassment cases that have been um, processed through Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, what you find is the huge proportion where women have 
complained and filed and then they're the ones that get fired or at minimum they're the ones that are ostracized by their working group including women so you know it's will I be believed will I be supported will I be fired are all very legitimate questions that women need to ask do you think workplaces can do to make it an environment more inclusive for minorities um wow that's a big question (laughs) um you know there's actually a lot of um interesting stuff out there these days um you know it's tough because a lot of it as we've talked about in class and we'll, we'll talk about more um a lot of it is really not conscious right so whether it be um like me bias or stereotyping or implicit um bias you know the way people process information and the way we're naturally drawn to people who we perceive to be like ourselves a lot of it isn't intentional the vast majority of exclusion is not conscious or intentional that doesn't mean it's not problematic but one of the interesting things that makes it hard to figure out what the heck to do about it is that there's research out there that shows that if you train people about what implicit bias is and that everybody has it that it's the way a lot of people react is oh well then it must be okay because everybody does it so you know it can actually not only not help but it might actually reinforce some of the really negative things so I think it's really all about trying to put processes in place that really channel people into modes of behavior and also always trying to look at the bigger picture and try to recognize when any of these things are kicking in. But it's really hard. I mean, we've been at this, you know, companies have been at this for 30 years at least and in some ways we're not really very far along so it's it's a hard thing I'm struck by how difficult it is to actually make sustained progress I think empathy goes a long way there's a very large company and the CEO, who of course had a stay-at-home wife and a couple of kids, and his wife suddenly died, and suddenly he found himself in the role of primary caregiver for his kids, and the policies of that company changed dramatically after that because for the first time in his life, he understood personally what it was like, how hard it was, right? So, you know, having those experiences, having that empathy, I think, is something that really helps. Thank you for listening to Office Hours. I'm Maddie Marks, and I'll talk to you guys next week.